What I find most interesting about 1990s grunge music is not the fact that it came from a single geographic location or that it was sort of anti-rock and roll with respect to flamboyance, but it was that all of us tried to imitate those singers and we thought we were really good at it. Everybody I knew thought they could sound like Eddie Vedder. Free zone. Or everybody thought they could sound like Kurt Cobain. Actually, nobody thought they could sound like Chris Cornell from Soundgarden because that was going to be a huge stretch. So in honor of 1990s grunge music, I'm going to attempt to imitate who I think is the greatest singer from that era, Lane Staley of Alice in Chains. I'm going to celebrate that dude with the Seniors 94 jingle, a pathetic attempt to sound like him. Here goes. Dude, Lance fucking sucks, bro. They need to pull out all the guitar and all that singing bullshit. Hello, Lance. Hey, buddy. How was your weekend, Lance? It was pretty good. Pretty good. Did you get laid? Did I get laid? Uh, I was told not to talk about that anymore on the podcast. I was told... <laughs> Very explicitly. Keep your what, mouth shut. What a, what a luxury, man, that you even have a chance to have someone tell you not to talk about it. Just rub it in my face, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't easy. Uh, how was your weekend, guy? I was, I was, uh, dude, I gotta, I gotta say, we talked about food and all this crap, and I fell off the rails last night, dude. Absolutely destroyed some Burger King, like overboard. My local Burger King, a number 12, is like a, this long chicken sandwich with some stuff on top, some fries. I got a Sprite because I didn't want any caffeine. And then I ordered, I was trying to order a second, like a, a little cheeseburger. I didn't learn about ordering at Burger King in my, my Spanish as a foreigner classes at the university. So I ended up with a full giant Whopper in addition to the, the chicken sandwich. So, you know, being healthy, I, I put that in the freezer, right? wrong bro nickname for <laughs> nickname for the freezer is my stomach bro all right man let's get into the middle age news and trends our first story comes from today.com rebecca dube or dube there's no meaningful rule of thumb for screen time matt there's an expert, Dr. Jenny Radeski, who says, I focus on quality rather than the overall amount of time my kids use devices. She says, if your child is watching funny TikTok videos and sharing them with friends, that may be better than just sitting and watching TV. So what your kid is doing on the phone matters, Matt. The ideal situation is your kid learns to self-regulate and they realize when they're wasting time mindlessly watching YouTube or whatever. Matt, Silicon Valley is putting every resource to ensure our kids struggle to self-regulate. What probability do you put on a normal kid finding a healthy balance of productive screen time? Let me answer that. Zero. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel I feel even worse now. I would be happy if my daughter was was because it sounds like if she's watching funny TikTok videos, everything's okay. But unfortunately, my twelve year old daughter is watching neo Nazi propaganda, hateful stuff, and that's what I've got to stop her from. <laughs> no more Nazi propaganda. Come on, useful screen time, please. I love the expert recommendation. Seems it just seems so much harder than limiting their time. Now you're like hovering over them, like. <laughs> checking what they're doing and or checking the phone after and freaking out about the Nazi videos they're watching. It just, it's too hard, Matt. And uh, my daughter's kind of, no, I just like watching people march. That's all. <laughs> Nothing hateful about this. It's like, okay. I like emphatic speeches. <laughs> yeah, I like emphatic speeches. Look at that guy's mustache. That's beautiful. What? <laughs> what, is, what is like, this, this seems ridiculous, but maybe this is, Maybe uh, parents can can be like, all right, cool. They're just watching funny videos. Load up the nut shots, baby. Nut shots always are funny, and, and apparently that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the next story comes from the Daily Mail by Jonathan Chadwick. Chadwick is a great last name. Chadwick. Chadwick. I like that. Yeah. But... That sounds professional. Yes. Okay. The story is fubbers are miserable. Fubbing is a term based on the words phone and snubbing and refers to using your phone too much in the company of people you know. A new study suggests that fubbers are more likely to be anxious and depressed. Fubbers are also annoying as hell. They scroll on their phones while sitting opposite their friend or colleague and they jump like late summer grasshoppers at every notification. It's kind of nice to know that people doing annoying stuff are having more mental health issues. But what can be done about this fubbing phenomenon? Yeah, nothing. Nothing can be done. The name is so stupid that we, I can't even use it to criticize somebody. Nice try, Chadwick. <laughs> what would you call it? What's a better name than fubbing? I'd call it finger banging, Matt. Fub, finger bang. You're finger banging me again. But then how do you, like, what if your kids are doing it? So you're at, you're at, you're at Outback with your kids, Lance. And you're looking to have a, have a little talk, friendly family talk over an onion block, a blooming blossom. Kids are looking at the phone. You're going to be like, hey, Sally. Hey, Sally, you're finger banging again. That's going to be hard to deliver the message, bro. Yeah, well, you're right. So, it's a bad, bad idea. I like your correlation. That's two things that serve no one, that don't help anyone. Cause causes causes mental health issues. Actually, finger banging should be called fubbing, and this should be called uh, something else. I don't know. Addiction. It's just phone addiction. Here's the problem with the word fubbing. Fubbing is embarrassing for the person who's accusing somebody to say, and it right. gives the person that's getting accused an out something like finger banging there's a lot of shock value there keep going save it dude save your idea of finger banging you ain't getting out of that hole bro give me a break <laughs> stop finger banging at dinner we're trying to have a conversation here <laughs> stop finger banging at breakfast we're not in college anymore uh, one more you got one more <laughs> lunch it doesn't work for lunch. Come on. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Holy crap. I dig myself into deeper holes every single episode. 
All right. This next story comes from Psy Post, which is, I guess, Psychology Post by Laura Stalock. Parent fubbers mess up their kids, Matt. Now that we've introduced fubbing, a.k.a. finger banging, let's consider this new research from the frontiers of psychology, (laughs) indicating that parental fubbing is related to poor parent-child relationships. Huh. Parents that ignore their children and constantly stare at their phone have bad relationships with their kids, Matt. Wow. And this parental fubbing is increasing the chance your middle school kid will have a phone addiction. When children become addicted to their phones, it affects academics, social relationships, and sleep routine. And cell phone addiction may affect their impulse control. Also, their ability to delay gratification, Matt. And those are two valuable skills for adults to be successful. So parental fubbing seems like it might be a survival mechanism for stressed out parents. For example, some parents might be thinking, if I don't ignore this little shit, I'm going to end up hitting them. What's worse, Matt, fubbing your kid or punching them in the face? (laughs) I got something for you, Lance. I want you to work with me here. And I know you grew (laughs) I'm going to come back to your your impossible childhood. But you guys had a TV, right? (laughs) So I want to take you through a commercial. I'm going to see if you can answer the, figure out which commercial it was. And see, I'm going to see, I'm going to give you a first line. I'm going to see if you can do the second. You're the kid. I'm the dad. This is a commercial from the 80s, I think. The 90s. This is a reminder of a public, public after school message. Okay. You, you're the kid. Where did you learn how to do this stuff? Come on. Think about it. I learned it from watching you. Yes. Dad. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. All right. I learned it by watching <laughs> parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. That's what, that's what I just remind any, any dude that's probably between 30 and 50. since saw that commercial. <laughs> it should have been parents that were cool, have kids that are also cool. Like parents that are fubbing, have kids that are fubbing. Stop acting like every single person's not fubbing finger bang, whatever you want to call it. Like everybody's doing it. Right. Come on. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. Oh, all right. I wonder, could you do a where are they now? Where is that actor? <laughs> oh, he's dead. He's dead. All right, moving on. Next story, last story, rather. Let's end, end it quick. The Washington Post, uh, this comes from the Washington Post. Donna St. George. TikTok is addictive for girls, especially girls with depression. Oh, another no shit article. A new study out of Brown University reports 68% of girls with moderate to severe depression said they were addicted to TikTok. 75% of those girls said they are regularly regularly exposed to suicide-related content, so a significant number of girls already struggling are coming across harmful content online. Not good, Matt. Nearly one in three TikTok users said they felt bad about their bodies at least weekly. Nearly one in four girls say TikTok interferes with their sleep. These platforms amplify the good and amplify the bad for our vulnerable teenage girls. How can we use the power of Seniors 94 to shut these companies down? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I think this is like my episode of, this is my episode of Punk Plants. You give me an article that says 75% of those said they're regularly exposed to suicide related content. Anything funny, bro? Do it. Get it, Matt. Say something funny about that. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, well, sometimes, Matt, it's not always about jokes, buddy. Yo, 
All right, students, today is Invention Presentation Day. I know you've been working hard on your inventions, and today is the great reveal. Who wants to go first? Maria, come on up. Hi, my invention is spoon. My spoon has button. When you push hole, food drop through spoon. You don't like mom's celery drop back in bowl with spoon. Don't like grandpa cranberries in crayon oat cereal drop crayon through spoon. My spoon has trapdoor. Thank you. Okay, class, who's next? Jeremiah, you're the next contestant on the prices right. Hi, my invention's called the Shiloh Helpmate. It's a synthetic robot head that helps you practice oral. My brother told me I don't want to have a reputation as a quick jack. So I invented the Shiloh Helpmate to help me and my friends practice getting oral. Mr. Hollingsworth! I wanna hear this. Shiloh has mouth sensors that pick up premature discharge signals. When a signal is received, Shiloh says, stop. If a kid doesn't stop immediately, Shiloh will pretend to be your grandma. Shiloh will say, I'm your grandma, Beatrice. Mr. Hollingsworth! I wanna hear this. You type in your grandma's name when you set up Shiloh. Once Shiloh determines you're not being a quick jack, you're free to explode. Shiloh cleanup is easy. Just rinse hot water straight through Shiloh's mouth and drain it from the neck hole. That's about it. Thanks. Great job, Jeremiah. Who's up next? Hey, welcome to the men's room, guys. We've got a friend of mine, Tom. He's a suburban dad. He's not famous. He's a normal, middle-aged guy. And we're going to chat with him today. Matt, uh, why don't you get to know Tom a little bit, dude, because you guys don't know each other. Ask him some questions. All right, Tom. Uh, so for my first thing is... I don't. I would feel really bad if if you're gonna tell me I went to high school with you too, you asshole, and that's how you know me. But I, how do you how do you know Lance? Uh, so why are you here? Sure. So Lance and I coached together a couple of years in the past. Was that what was that cheerleading or what did you guys coach together? Basketball. <sighs> okay, mid like a uh, youth basketball. Yeah. All right, and just just for our listeners, let's act like Lance isn't here. And I would like his best and worst qualities as a coach. Um, best quality would be just. I don't even care about his best quality, actually. Let's start with. Oh, okay. okay. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Worst quality is doesn't drive the kids. Doesn't yell at the kids enough. Ah, okay. Little light, little soft. I do not believe that at all. But uh, what's his best quality as a coach? Would you say? He doesn't yell at the kids. Yeah. You agree? You yeah. Th- is that true, Lance? I'm surprised. Not not strategy. Just just doesn't yell. <laughs> doesn't say anything. Uh, no, I don't know. I've evolved since Tom and I coached. But uh, yes, I try not to yell. I don't think it works. So, and Tom, you 
you uh how do you feel because you we talked a little bit pre-show you've got a kid you are you're an athlete it sounds like are you could you handle it like were you like i need to i need them to do better could you sit there and relax and, and let it play out how do you how do you feel as a coach so i was a little bit too intense um i just see the kids not putting forth a hundred percent and that drives me crazy the lack of talent doesn't really bother me but the lack of effort and the lack of understanding the game, you know, drives me nuts. Lack of talent really bothers me. I don't care about effort. And I can't coach sucky kids. Uh, well, funny. you did. Yeah, well. You're an effort guy. There you go, Tom. See, now it's real. You just called out the whole the whole 2019 seventh grade basketball team. Lack of talent. That's good. Yeah, this is bottom half. So you're uh you and then that that intensity I'm sure like uh, carries over to your parenting which we'll talk a little bit more later but w- w- the the lack of effort did Lance always asked me this but it has something to do with you you think like when you look back at your athletic performance or is it just you just in general feel like the generation is soft or wh- where does that come from you think of all the kids I've coached it, there were two or three that you know that really put forth the effort the intensity the hard work to make it work. And those guys are, you know, the ones that are in the top of their, their game for their age group or even, even above. All right. You're an effort guy. What clicked for you guys? Like how, how did, how did it click? Either, you know, do you remember? What are you talking about? Like, why, like, why like, do I keep in touch got, with Why do you keep in touch with Tom? Or why do you keep in touch with Lance? I, I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you why I keep, cause he, we share, um, a collective grumpiness for stupid shit. Amen. Yes. I have a very low bullshit tolerance. Yes. And you, and you found that Lance passed your low bullshit test. It's amazing. Yeah, he did. He didn't, um, you know, I listened to your previous podcast. He didn't say cock in front of me or anything like that, but, um, I think we got along pretty well. It's a lie. Don't worry. You'll get there, Tom. You'll get there in the relationship. (laughs) Are, are you guys ready to get into the combo? Right, right. I feel good. I, I think we got a we got a whale on the line here. We got a good one. So. All right, I like it. Today on the men's room, folks, uh, we're getting into I'd say the underlying emotions of parenting kids these days with respect to technology. Uh, for me personally, gents, there is no other place where I feel like a bigger failure as a parent. It, it was one of those headaches that was constant and the fear was endless. And I don't think anything we did worked. And I'm curious from Tom's perspective, because he's got kids around the same age. What have you seen with their device usage and what did you do and how did it make you feel? So I think I agree with everything you said, Lance, that I, I feel like a huge failure. Um, you know, we tried to limit screen time before cell phones and we tried to limit screen time once cell phones got to be prevalent and it just it is just so difficult um, to do that we had monitoring devices you know that wouldn't let them go to porn sites and things like that Um, but um, we tried you know devices downstairs at 10 o'clock or at nine o'clock and you know that went away after a couple weeks and then the vpn that they were going through to filter out the porn wasn't working and they couldn't do anything on the internet. And so that went away. Um, and now, you know, 
one of my kids spends probably seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day on it, either TikTok or face snapping or whatever the hell they're doing. Well, now it's just a main line of Pornhub right into their their <laughs> neck. <laughs> I was hoping, I was kind of hoping, not for you, but did that pit, that sentence ended. Now they spend eight or nine hours a day on porn. That's what I thought, I thought you were going to go with that. I was like, holy well, shit. Well, it, it probably is. I have a I have a teenage boy, so yeah, I would say out of the 10 hours every day, probably nine hours and 55 minutes or more. So Tom, when you were going through this, was it literally like weeks where it's like, I try something failure or was it a longer process? So, and what, what, what were the kids doing? Like, what were their reactions? Were they just like freaking out, yelling? Um, yeah, not really yelling, but just not following. And there wasn't any punishment really that, that we could do. I mean, once your kids realize you're not going to beat the crap out of them, they know that there's really not much you can do other than take their device. And if they do, if you do that, then they make your life hell. So I just I mean, noted like, that I'm not, I'm not taking my foot off the gas, but yeah, I have a 12 and 10 year old. So I need them. They still need to know that I will beat the crap out of them is, is the thing. So Tom was some or Lance, cause I I'm kind of sitting here going, I'm just going to listen to these guys. Cause your kids are so much farther along than mine. I have a 10 and 12 year old. It, I mean, it sounds like an exercise in futility, but was some of the pressure, you know, was some of the kickback from your kids? Well, everybody else has it. Everyone else is doing it. Why am I the freak who can't look at his phone after eight o'clock? Or like, did you, you get some of that? Or it's like, it, I, cause in the U S I don't know about in the U S is it like, would you say 80% of kids are have access to whatever they want more? Yeah. I think right. more. Yeah. And I think I got that in the beginning when we first started with, with devices like, Oh, everybody else has one or things like that. But um, what's the big, what was know, the beginning for you when you say in the beginning, like six years old, 10 years old? You know, I would say with my oldest, probably 12, 13, with my younger one, probably 10, 11, 12 in that same kind of area a little before. Let me answer this too, Matt, because this is interesting. We read all the research. We read it all. We were diligent parents yep. and we marched on a path. I'm not telling a bulleted list path of what we were going to do with our kids all of it failed i got so frustrated at one point i said to my kid if we were killed today you wouldn't mind because you'd have your phone right you'd have your phone you wouldn't mind if we were killed today that's all you care i was like you know obviously shaming which shaming is good it's a really good parenting tactic for those that don't know. <laughs> uh i it got that frustrating and and it starts with I can't communicate with my friends if I don't have this app because all the research was like no to the social media, just keep them on text. And it's almost immediate that the pressure socially comes up. Well, none of my friends are communicating via text. I look like a loser. I need Snapchat. I need this. And then Snapchat is where all of the debauchery begins, right? And then you move into the world of dick pics and other crazy shit. And it does feel like a spiral down and there's no inter there's no way to jump in front of it it's like you don't feel po powerful enough right it's quick you don't feel powerful enough as a parent like your influence degrades so rapidly the minute they get their hands on this shit do you agree with that tom i agree yeah i agree so are you guys anywhere farther along now no the, is it just you gave up or yes. like what's what's going on now? Yep. What's, the, what's the update? You gave up and did that help? Because now you're not, 
you don't have the conflict and now they they're like oh it's not as fun now that dad's not on my case or no it's just waterfall of apparently of dick pics and porn <laughs> so you know we we just try to educate talk to them like hey you know you end up with a dick pic or something like that on your phone you're going to be a sex offender and kids get kicked out of school for this and you don't want to do that and luckily athletics is is a is a stick or a carrot either one like your coach sees you at a party drinking or whatever or sees a sex pic of you with your girlfriend you're done you're out this is the most fucked up thing i'm sorry I, maybe i haven't i haven't i don't have kids in high school but i'm listening to this going holy shit what the hell are you guys if, if your coach catches you with a sex pic with your girlfriend like what the hell is going on that's it this is it's insane. Well, it, you know, if it gets spread and then the school gets involved, you know, they'll find out who it's from, who it is, who has it. No, I know. But just it's crazy that you both are talking about this. So no, like it's just so normal now. Like this is a, this is an actual risk. Not like, oh, my my kid got found with a bottle of schnapps. That's like great. At least he's not looking at a, a screen. <laughs> Go get that <laughs> yeah. schnapps, baby. That's fine. I mean, what you guys are talking about is insane. It's insane. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I look at you, Matt, as like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know yet. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. It's coming because every parent, all of us thought we were going to manage this well. We are smart people, professional we're level jobs. Yep. Our kids are going to, uh, we won't get them the phone until eighth grade and all that. And maybe you have less pressure in Costa Rica, but it uh, it's almost inevitable that you'll feel like a failure in this space. Well, what's interesting, though, from getting Tom in here is... I never hear anyone talk about boys' issues with this ever. It's always girls and and the all the and the risk of body shaming and and having their their bodies compromised. But Tom, you actually sound like not that it's an issue for your son, but there is potential harm that can be done for boys as well with this because we always well, think about girls. There's a couple cases here, you know, last year or the year before about pics like that going around a high school and and you know, it being in what the fallout was from it. So I think it's a real thing. And by the way, I don't know anybody really likes to look at dick pics. I think other than the person who's taking them, that's weird. But what do I know? Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've surveyed <laughs> when all the kids are leaving my, my kid's school, I'll survey them. Your dick pic? Yes or no? <laughs> right now, 30, 30% no. Well, 70%, yeah, I'm, I'm it's starting. A, it's a progressive school. I plan on starting a business to review dick pics and help kids pick out the best one. I feel too. Ner I feel nervous. Tom's here. But if, if I if he wasn't, I would talk about what we were talking about yesterday. Dick pics are like the other thing that you keep bringing up in conversations that are useless for both parties. <laughs> well, it's, if that's a good business me, for you, Lance, yeah. you have a good time with that. I'm not going to help with that review. Uh, You're so God. right, Tom. Nobody gets anything out of a dick pic. Like, so why is, why is that happening? I hate to yeah. take this thing off the rails, but what, like, did you guys have any idea why this is happening? Cause guys act like teenage boys. They, but straight to here, here's a, here's a theory. Here's a theory. So there's more isolation. There's actually statistically less sexual interaction these days than there was in our day. And I think it's just a way to escalate a relationship. It's a way to experiment. It's, it's a. Don't put me in that hour day, by the way. Okay. Yes. Can't get much less than what I was dealing with. Did you ex <laughs> related, dick Tom? Pick or no dick pick. Related. Did you experiment or did you use a 
a tool called Bark, which basically evaluate. Okay, Bark evaluates every bad thing they're doing on their phone and then sends you a file so that you can view all the shit. Oh, oh my God. We, oh. we uh, did this for probably a year and a half, two years and, and talk about the worst parental experience ever is to just layer by layer, peel back the onion to see uh, the increasingly disturbing things that your kid is saying and, and seeing and exposed to. It is the worst. And it's, Teenagers say crazy shit just because they do. Like some sort of espionage, like yes. a little bit or what? Yeah, and I know a lot and of- And then also drives a stake in the, in the trust of your kids, probably. Like, do they know you're doing it? Yeah, yes, they do. And it, it- And they still did it? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's almost irresistible. So I don't know, after a while, it's like, what do I punish? Oh my, what, I, there's nothing, it's all craziness, so you don't even know what to punish. But that tool right there, if you want to talk about absolute misery as a parent, just feeling like it's all a lost cause. I would. So if anybody's listening for self-help here, just don't do that shit. Don't do it. Bark. Don't monitor. We're not getting sponsorship from Bark. No. Why, why do you say don't do it? I know that's painful if your kids are looking into like they're they're looking at weird stuff, but why is it why are you so against it? To know what your kids are looking at. What do you think, Tom? I don't about well, monitoring. You would think that your kid's a degenerate. There's no hope he's gonna be a sex offender before he's fifteen. Yeah. I mean it would be I, you know, I don't know what I you know, I so I'm even older than you guys, so I don't know what I would have been doing on my phone. That's what I'm saying. What if what if what if someone barked me? Would they be like, they they probably think I'm gay for Nick Nikola Jokic? Actually, if if they were looking at me, they'd be like, this guy has a strange obsession with this man. Was just come out, Matt. Man. Yeah, just come out, Matt. Be be real with yourself. No, I. So there's no value in like okay, not necessarily. I, there's probably a, a medium, but we're not. All our kids aren't going to be sex offenders, right? Just because of what they're looking online, and they're not going to be sending dick pics. But there's probably there is some teenage curiosity that we all had that it's going to come up if you have access to this stuff, that which shouldn't be criticized, right? Yeah, like they're finding out about the world. The issue is they have so much more access that it can get all. It can get like in a weird direction quickly. And it's like watching a train wreck where you're kind of like, oh, shit, next click is even more weird than the. They might not be uh, the next. Yeah, I just I just think having all of that information would make me depressed, would make me feel like a shitty parent. And it's already happening, though, you guys are saying not and not and knowing I can't really do a whole lot about it other than talk with them about it. And then, you know, there's a trust issue that's there. And, you know, I would feel. It would make me feel worse as a person, worse as a parent, and feel like I can't do anything about it. What contribution do you think this tech piece has had to mental health? Declining mental health, because those stats are true too. So yeah, boys are struggling, girls are struggling different ways, but they're struggling. I just think that the, the bullying happens or the peer pressure happens a lot more. My son had a group chat with his whole team and so you can be talking to 20 people at the same time. And then the bullying begins and it they have your number and it just doesn't stop. Like fun, mm-hmm. fun screwing around like you did in the locker room back in the, you know, it's are, are really attacks, personal attacks. No, like, like really 
ver attacking a vulnerability and, and just staying on it. Not only are they saying it to you, they're saying it to the whole team or they're saying it to the whole group. It's embarrassing. It's, it's just, it just gets worse. It, so it really, it's a, it's kind of like uh, making a bigger situation out of something that's all, all are, has always been happening, but now it's so much more effective and, and more derogatory and more, more accessible and easier. more open and easier. Yeah. That's the word. And, and, you know, the, the big tough guy can't step, step in and say, Hey, shut up, lay off. I mean, he can, but if you're over a phone and you're 20 miles away, who's going to listen to that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there was always that threat. If you're in a group and somebody starts talking shit about somebody else in the group. Well, and you've heard all that stuff about, it's so much easier when you're anonymous or there's some physical distance of how much easier it is to act like a total dick. Like if you were busting your friend's balls in the locker room and then you see their face, eventually you're going, I'm just fucking with you, dude. I'm messing with you. But on the phone, you can just keep railing. When you sit there and look at what the results could be now, like it's so easy now for someone to to do one of the to do one of these to create one of these tragic events, you would think that bullying people would just be like, oh. I'm not going to do it because I could actually cause the death of somebody else just with minor bullying. Like that could be the result, you know, and you would think that that might resonate with, mm -hmm. with more people than it used to. Like we, what was our risk in 93 is that we got beat up or we felt like a loser uh, in person, like you said, but now the risk is actually way higher. Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> The images of these women that are like Instagram models and all this stuff, it's it's got to be like, like, I don't know if those people are fake or what they're doing, but like the images out there, of what you could be if, if you were like them as a girl are insane. Mm -hmm. Even guys, too. Now you're starting to see like how many guys have six packs? Apparently everybody. Right. 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 Like um, the three of us. I, well, I don't know about you, Tom, but yeah, you got a keg. Keeping the, uh, yeah, I well, how I I don't know anyone has a six pack. But if you go online, the whole freaking world has has a six pack, and girls are like ninety eight pounds with giant round asses. Like that, that's all the images that our kids see, right? And that's like creates a some weird stuff. I think. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's uh yeah, it's awesome to look at, right? But uh, let me let me redeem myself from some previous episodes and just say I I really appreciate the women that having a daughter that resists plastic surgery and will show images of themselves without all of the makeup and the uh, hot photoshopping. So yes. uh, Gal Gadot was Wonder Woman. I think she's from Israel, but she's extremely beautiful. But, you know, she had some shots where she was pregnant, no makeup on, and God forbid she had some freckles and she had some, you know, her skin wasn't perfect and all that. And it, I, was, I like to see that. And I think like Amanda Peet's another actress that, and she looks awesome, but she's against like the plastic surgery stuff. So for our young women, uh, those are good things to see. But these other examples as men, we have to kind of laugh at that a little more. We should talk some more shit about the Kardashians. Let's do that. Who are they? What do they do? Yeah, they just feel exactly. exactly big asses, juicy butts. Yep. Are they, I kind of wonder about, because I've talked so much shit about the Kardashians, just like written them off. Just anytime someone talks about it, like, I got to leave. 
have no respect for you anymore. Are they are they the start of all this? Are they really to blame for a lot? They take a lot of shit now, actually. I think it's like all or nothing. But are they to blame for what's going on now? This this being a celebrity for doing nothing more than like looking good online. Are they are they like ground zero for that? I don't even know. You get like, do you really think high school girls are looking at these people and being like, I want to be like that? Hell yeah. I want to have. Hell yes. All you got to do is look at all the Instagram butt pics. It's insane. Yeah, but the li- you think a seventeen-year-old girl in Colorado is going like that's that's what I want to be like? I don't know if Kim Kardashian is on the pedestal anymore from that perspective, but they, I yeah, I would. I'm just gonna say Matt because I know definitively, yes, they started it. All right. Card- card- they started it. Yep. They did it right. Yeah, they made. Like if that's what you're into, they they did it right. They they've started other businesses. They even help people now. I think they're advocate for people that are in jail and stuff like that. Um, but I wonder, you know, we're, we're worried about Instagram models and stuff and how it, how it plays out to our daughters. I'm just wondering, is it really a worry, you know, for us? I would think yes. I mean, they're the they show up everywhere. They're the poster child children for for you know getting medically enhanced and photoshopping and making it seem all glamorous. And I, I mean, they really don't do anything. Um, and if, you know, Kim Kardashian actually passed the California bar makes me embarrassed to say that I've passed the same bar exam. Yeah. Well, we're all, we all have different sides and maybe, maybe she's realized that she could do some good with what, what the other stuff. So let's hope well, when the, right? I think she could do more good by going away. Hey, when this gets out, man, we're going to be in a legal battle. Not me. Not mad, everyone. Big Kim fan. Big Kim fan. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the but the the answer as the answer is like, are you are these people what like is your daughter are our daughters going to overvalue their looks where they have other stuff to. And like with these Instagram, more the card, more than the Kardashian, with these Instagram models are basically saying my my value to give to the world is my body and how I look, nothing else, right? And so I guess that's my question: Is it like are young people going to be like that's that's the way to be because they're making money? I'm sure some people are, but I don't know. I think it's a risk. But let's. Um, I want to kind of take it to an absurd conclusion, which I like to do a lot, Tom, to just see what giggles we can have. And I'm curious where you guys think this is going in the future. And I have this vision of uh, the metaverse, this virtual reality world where we all have genital sensors and things that allow us to to fuck online and just do any kind of insanity in the virtual world. So uh, like just some sleeve that goes over my penis or some other thing that you know attaches to a vagina that allows you to really experience the virtual world like it's real do you think we're going in that direction do you think that's coming i don't think so um really i think why not no well i think we're as far as you know it's we're gonna take it like watching porn online i don't know that you know there's been blow up dolls and vibrators and and now just porn is more available online. I don't, I don't know that it's really going to mass, the masses are going to go to something like that, like a VR. I mean, they might, but I don't think there's very many people that are going to do that. But 
you know, maybe I'm naive and old. Are you asking because you, you're thinking business idea, Lance? Or? No, I just, I think that as we move away from the natural world more and more, and we, we begin to just live more in the virtual world, if that metaverse takes off and it's very compelling, and you have the opportunity to just jump on and have sex with any sort of virtual uh, being possible, more people than you think are going to slip on the genital sensors. Tom, you, you're here, Tom. He hit 626 in high school, Lance. He doesn't need a virtual sensor. He's a baller in reality, man. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I might be too, too removed from the masses, but also from the kids. To, to But I think you, you can do that almost anyway. Right now, you can go online and look at any kind of porn you want, and and no, it's not virtual reality, but you can in your mind you could be there and be doing those things. Already. But I'm saying you have the sensors all on your body in the key places, and you're literally doing the act of sex. So you can now doggy style. You can do whatever you want with a consensual virtual partner. That maybe it looks more real than it does today, and you can. I think that's coming. And it's not just sex. It's not just sex. It's like hmm. building a house in the virtual world, building, you know, having your image, all those things happening with VR on. And that to me is That's called Minecraft. scary. That's scary. Yeah. It's like Minecraft with a cock sleeve. There, <laughs> yeah. Tom. I think Lance said cock to you. You've arrived yeah. after oh. all these years. I think I've been the waiting for this moment. That that's that stuff's gonna happen, but I think like Tom said, it's not like everyone's gonna be doing that. But what I think is already happening and the risk is like relationships built to normal relationships, I think are going to go away as you can, as you have these apps for basically like hookup apps. And so a lot of people are just, they won't physically need to have sex. They're just going to have sex and not really develop relationships. Well, I it's think happening. Less people are going to get married. Yeah. I'm jumping. I mean, boys. less people are going to get married. Sorry. Have kids. Sorry to interrupt, but boys are reflecting back porn level um, sex acts in their normal relationships, thinking that that porn type of sex is actually what sex is. I just see it. It's going to keep going. And this is some yeah. dystopian shit, but like, yeah. So if you think that, you know, smacking a girl in her face with your dick is like, that's what they want. You're, you're out of your fucking mind. You're out of your mind. You <laughs> Public service message. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that it, I think that's a, that part I can agree with. Um, you know, part of the theory, part right of the there. theory with. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. It just sounds funny when he said, sla sl if you think slapping a girl in the face of your dick is bad, and you said that part I can agree with. That's it. <laughs> That's a nice sound bite right there. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, cut you off. No, but I think, you know, some people, there's a theory out there that uh, people, there are more mass shootings because of video games and, and they, they make it less human. And, and I think that's a, a risk with the, especially with the younger boys that yeah, every girl likes a dick slap and every girl likes it in the ass and every girl likes to be talked dirty to. And I can see that being a problem. And you know, and my grand plan worked out perfectly, Tom, cause I got you saying dick slap <laughs> in the ass. Yep. This is all stuff yep. that is so it's rich content, baby. It's rich content. Yeah. No, that's I, I want to, I know you wanted to end on that, but I want to say this too, because we're talking about boys and all this crap. I think the other risk is not that not that girls like all that shit, but I think girls now. I think I mean some of this is a good thing, but girls are empowered now to just to want to have sex, and it's okay for them to talk about it and say it and think about it and have hookups. 
And I think as women go in that direction, and so then you have both sides essentially wanting to do that, you're really going to have like a different different look in society. Yeah, I agree. Related, there's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity. And I think that's another confusion for boys. And I'm not putting it on women because now they're expressing themselves physically more. You can't put that on boys. You're just supposed to accept what girls wear. So it just becomes a confusing environment where everybody's escalating and, and dudes are trying to get jacked. So many more dudes are jacked, like trying to get buff too. And then in our era, it's just a, it's a sad spiral. This is, but this is, this, I mean, to tie it back to the original point of the show, it's that you can do this stuff with a snapshot. So you can do, you can, I mean, girls are dressing what we say, sluttier men are trying to be buffer, more sick access to porn. But the snapshot, the Instagram sma- snapshot, you can you can basically do anything with. So you you look you can look great in that moment, and then that's the image that's that's like getting out to everyone's trying to emulate. So yes, sir. I couldn't though. I could have all the filters in the world. No one's gonna be like, damn. You guys have both kind of came off as that you've given up any like any strain of advice for for people going through what like give up any anything you can wrap it up with some sort of advice related to screen time yep i would um monitor again loosely you know um and look for teaching moments and again watch you know watch for changes in behavior watch for their friends i mean a lot when their friend group changes and all of a sudden they're not doing their homework and they don't want to go to school. That's, you know, that's a good time that you need to do something more than just monitor. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's no way you're going to know what they're doing all the time or limit what they're going to, what they can do all the time or, you know, it's, it's impossible. I'd say Tom, by teaching moment, you're thinking of like coaching your kid on the right angle for his dick pic. Um, Yeah. And lighting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why they invented those circle lights. <laughs> Small things in the background. It's just, yeah, get blow it up and put it right through the ring. <laughs> would that's you guys? Way. Would you guys say the idea, like, just saying, um, you're not getting a phone until you're 18, is would what? What would be the harm in that? Just, it's just not going to happen. Good luck with that. I'm not doing it. I'm just asking, like, why? Why don't parents just do they that? They can't because they're, your your kid is ostracized. It's almost like your kid uh, having a hump on his back and no teeth and just a snaggletooth fool. I mean, that's that's what the, that equivalent is. Can't rebound. <laughs> Something horrible. Something horrible like that. Can't box out. Yeah, you, you can't. You don't think? Well, that would have to be a collective movement. They would have to be like oh, yeah. all, all parents join in. Right? It's so integral to society. It's like telling your kid, "No, you're going to be the only one that doesn't wear pants to school, and you're so your stuff's going to be hanging out." But you'll get through it. You'll get through it. Everybody's going to see your, yep. your your wang, but it's okay. No biggie. We're, we're too far off the rails. It's too integrated in society. It's too much of uh, what we're doing now. It is, and you would be just calling and calling more attention to them so they could get bullied even more except they just wouldn't know about it as much because everybody else would be texting about them instead of them being in on it you just you're just singling your kid out
gentlemen, Mr. Matt Conti. Matt's my friend. I just recently ran my BMI numbers to find out that at six foot one eighty two point nine, I was on the high end of the normal level, almost overweight. I get that there's obesity problem in the U.S., but BMI's so-called healthy range seems insane. In fact, the low end of the healthy normal range for a forty-six-year-old man who's six foot is a hundred and thirty-six point four pounds, folks. I couldn't get down to 136 pounds if I had to canoe home from a three-year stint in a North Korean prison camp. Funny, buddy. Good job. BMI has unhealthy, dangerous expectations. In fact, so dangerous, BMI thinks that Kate Moss in her prime was a plus-size model who should have been doing ads only for Lane Bryant. That's a good one. BMI is so dangerous, it invented ultramarathons because it was sick of all the obese fatties competing in regular marathons. That's actually good, you have to admit. BMI is so dangerous, it is publicly criticizing. It has a smear campaign against celery for its excessive and dangerous caloric levels. BMI finally is so dangerous, it was there when the Allies freed the surviving prisoners at Auschwitz. And you know what BMI said? We need to get these people on a diet. That's wrong, Matt. That's wrong. Big thanks to Tom for braving the Seniors 94 men's room. Seniors 94 is a production of Finger Bang Media, written and produced by Matt and Lance. Sketch comedy and editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. On Shiloh Helpmate Sketch, Classroom Noise, Doombla, Clapping, Chloe King and Owl Storm. In the open mic, music and banter, Chuck E. Cheetos. Clapping, Owl Storm. Thank you for listening. Tom waste by the wheel.